Hello, and welcome to Out of My Mind in Costa Rica, where we talk about all things related to post-traumatic stress and complex post-traumatic stress. This means the content of this podcast can be graphic, and if you suffer from PTSD or complex PTSD, keep in mind you could become triggered. If that happens, stop the podcast immediately and take care of yourself. You can always come back and listen later. I'm the guinea pig here, and it is my life I examine on Out of My Mind in Costa Rica. It is my hope that my trials and tribulations, successes and failures, will somehow compel you to examine your life and discover your gifts. Socrates exclaimed, a life unexamined is a life not worth living. This is a call to action for all of us. As a clinical social worker, this was my trade, my vocation. From personal experience, I can tell you, without a doubt, that what you don't know can hurt you. My entire life, I have been compelled to support and encourage people to grow, to boldly look within and courageously examine their lives. Shine your light onto those dark spaces, and the solutions you seek will reveal themselves. Now sit down, relax, and listen to Out of My Mind in Costa Rica. I decided to put some structure into these, these talks, and, and here's what I, I came up for today. Um, I promised you guys uh, something about CPTSD, an overview of that, so uh, that, that will be in there. Um, a little more history about me. How did I get here, for crying out loud? Uh, where do I want this thing to go out of my mind in Costa Rica? What vision do I have for it? And how do I want uh, out of my mind in Costa Rica to help you? Well, we'll go into that also. Um, also, in addition, uh, there'll be a, a, a listing of links uh, for your uh, exploration. Um, somewhere they're just different information okay this is these are things that i think these people do a much better job at than i do so i want you to go visit them as well as visit me so that's it this is if wish me luck let me know if i if i cover all the topics today okay take care see you at the end october 26 uh, 2020 this is my first uh, oral attempt at writing. Uh, well, we'll see how it goes. Uh, I know when I get fired up, I can rattle off a lot of words, but I don't know if I can just sit here and think of them as they, they come up. At any rate, here we go. October 20th, 2020. 10 2020. Yeah, is it an ominous day or what? Nevertheless, here I am. Rufo Alto, Costa Rica. About to sit down and start writing in a serious way. There's a lot to this backstory right now that you all don't know. One is, uh, uh, my wife and I agreed to a, a separation as of uh, the other day, Saturday. Yeah, so she's been gone exactly uh, 36 hours maybe. At any rate, that's going on, making it a little bit chunky for me to write. So I thought maybe if I just talked a little bit, that it might help me. 
So this is what I'm doing. Yeah, I uh, I know I I talked about uh, my first post. Oh, it seems like a long time ago now. Um, oh, by the way, we also moved from a, a, a tent sleeping situation to a real house, real house on a hillside. You are, if you're looking at my website, you are looking at my view. Yeah, it's kind of inspiring, so let's hope it works here. So anyway, yeah, we split, we moved. Um, complex post-traumatic stress disorders all part of that process. Intimately so, I hate to say. So I was going to write and talk about it, but... Uh, I did this. I want this blog not to be a, you know, uh, simply educational. There's a lot of really good information out there about post-traumatic stress disorder and complex post-traumatic stress, and I don't, I don't claim to be in any way competing with their expertise. I just really am here to kind of let you know the inside story about what it's like to uh, live with. CPTSD, uh, experience life under these conditions, describe them in a way that you, if you suffer from this as, as well, uh, can relate to, as well as for, for those who don't understand it. It will give them a, an earmark, an uh, earful, you might say, in this case, of uh, what's going on for people with this. It's really, it's really devastating, you guys. I thought it's 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 really just devastating. Um, I'm gonna pause right now. Well, I'm back, and uh, there's there's just seems like an overwhelming amount of stuff to to share and talk about with you. Um, first of all, I'm a social worker. I'm a retired social worker. There's a in the story of how I got there is a yet another blog post. So um, that said. Um, I was also a psychotherapist for 25 years, and I worked for 10 years in the sexual abuse uh, offender treatment programs. Uh, <clears throat> so I'm coming at the CPTSD from uh, a whole bunch of uh, clinical and professional experience. Now, did I realize that I had PTSD back then when I was practicing? No, I, I didn't have a clue. At one point I learned that I had ADD, but uh, boy, PTSD didn't happen until after I actually had actually left the practice. And I realized it in my uh, early 60s, and I'm currently, well, I'll be 70 in June. So almost out of that decade, entering a new one. Here we go. Let's hope it's better than the last. At <laughs> any rate, um, I'm a social worker, ex-psychotherapist, so I have a lot of clinical stuff that, that is going to be backing up my story. Now, um, the story for me really actually begins when I was a young social worker, and uh, I had gotten a phone call from my mother. Uh, she was tearful and, 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 and struggling with her words, but I, I, I said, Mother, what is going on? And she said, she just got off the phone with Wendy, my, my brother's adopted daughter. And Wendy apparently had told my mother that my brother John had been sexually abusing her and her sister for, for uh, virtually her entire life. 
And my mother, who intended uh, to come to me, uh, came to me and told me. I uh, I was on my way to work. I'll be, I was ready, getting ready for work, and uh, it was my first day of a new job. Ironically, so it was a new job where I was uh, beginning to work with uh, adolescent sex offending males in an outpatient program as a treatment coordinator. It was my first day. <laughs> this is what I got hit with. That I uh, apparently I grew up in an incest family, and I'm about ready to go work with uh, with offenders, adolescent offenders, but offenders nonetheless. So that's where it all began for me. Uh, I didn't realize I had CPTSD until just a couple of years ago. So all this new information has been uh, been buzzing around and I've been trying to make sense of it for a number of years. And this is where I'm at. This is where I'm coming from. So I'm going to try to tell my story, give you a little clinical insight and maybe some, some ideas uh, because uh, these are some of the things that, that, that helped me. Not that I'm in great shape. I'm living alone on the side of a hill. Uh, my wife just left. Uh, I'm on a fixed income. All sorts of what's wrong with this picture here. So there's a lot of reasons not to listen to me, but maybe I can convince you that what I have to say will be helpful. I realized only a couple of years ago that I had a complex post-traumatic stress disorder. It kind of blew my mind, but then again, it, it didn't. I says, well... The only thing I could piece together, because I, I don't really have any concrete memories of any sexual abuse or any abuse at all, really. Uh, there are moments of terror that I experience that I remember quite vividly. But uh, no, not a sense of ongoing abuse. But uh, hey, what do I know? It's only memory. And uh, anybody who knows anything about memory knows that it's pretty unreliable. So probably, you know, some of the stuff that I'd be sharing is rooted in, in truth. Uh, another part is rooted in a, a, a gut feeling that, uh, yeah, it just feels true. It doesn't feel right, but it just feels true. You know how that is. Um, so complex post-traumatic stress disorder is a, is a real complicated monkey to figure out. Um, for me, um, I finally realized that that I, I this is going to sound strange now. This is where they're going to start calling the the nine one one doctor for the for the uh, for the funny farm. Um, but I, I, my hunch is is I I spent a good deal of my childhood and adolescence in a in a disassociated state. Um, I used to joke about, I didn't grow up in the Erickson family. I, I actually, I grew up in the Cleaver family. And, and, and at one level, I'm, I think I did. Um, this is a whole nother issue, but it also, it fits into the whole puzzle that CPTSD is. That the threat for me to disassociate to spend not just a, a moment or two, but a, a, a childhood in a disassociated state uh, is mind-blowing for me. And if you have similar 
experiences or intuitions is probably mind-blowing for you as well. So for me, it feels that that's true, even though it's insane. It feels like that's true because I don't sense any dissonance in the in the concept when I when I try to put myself in that in in that emotional state. Um, there's 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 familiarity with that emotional state. So. CPTSD is what it is to you also. It's, it's, this is what it is to me. I think I dissociated and, and I lived in my mind. I created in my world, which is very real, just like your world is very real, that I was like a, a cross between Beaver and, and Wally. It was the Leave it to Beaver program. I became part of their family. And I kind of stayed there until it was safe for me to leave, and that was college, which is another vlog also. So anyway, here I am talking to you about this stuff. So CPTSD, for me, I'm just trying to work out. I'm not looking for details. I believe you, me, I don't need to know what I was disassociating from. I did tell you that my brother is a, was a sexual serial predator, offender, um, and, and, and I just can't imagine what those girls went through. Even though I listened to the stories of these men, these young boys, young adolescents, and I listened to the stories of survivors also. That was my bread and butter for many years. So this is extremely complex. Ex extremely profound in the impact it has on each and every individual. So I'm going to be telling you about my story. It'll seem normal, yet it'll seem totally bizarre at the same time. I was 37 years old when my mother made that phone call and, and I learned about the incestuous nature of our family. And uh, in, all in good faith, too, my family responded to, I responded like a social worker to this problem and I demanded that we educate ourselves and we we get rocking and rolling and get the girls help and get John help and uh, and I sent I was I'm I'm a, I'm a and, and I'm I'm calling them and leaving messages and, and then I, I get this message from my father on a voice machine and it says Ray if you say anything more about this molest crap I'll have nothing to do with you forever and he hung up. Well, uh, that kind of that kind of rang the bell. Fight over, okay? Uh, there's no point because my experience with families of this nature uh, are very rigid, and when they decide they're not going to be and participate, they're not going to participate. Not without extreme coercion. For example, uh, the threat of being incarcerated was what threatened my the young men and the adults that I worked with. If they didn't cooperate with the program, they didn't work on the issue, they were going to jail. So my father would have nothing to do with it. So I knew right then that, that the family was dead, and uh, it, was, it was time to, to move forward. But I had one last gift for them. I, I had purchased a, uh, a, a special book for each one. 
uh, from my brother, the offender, I, I purchased a book called Out of the Shadows about sexual addiction and, and uh, sexual offending behavior. Uh, for my mother, I sent Codependent No More, and my, my younger brother, I, I sent something, oh, you know, this is so many years ago, I don't remember exactly what I sent, but they, I sent that for Christmas. I says, well, okay, uh, you don't want to hear about it, but I'm going to send you this stuff anyway. And uh, their response was perfectly uh, uh, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the realm of offender families. They, they says, we donated all of your books to the library. And they probably felt good about donating to the library because they, they never donated anything to, to really anybody in their lives. This is the origins of my CPTSD. Um, the, the fact that I realized I had that, it, 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 I gotta tell you this, it explains why my bedroom door, my brother and I, my younger brother and I, um, whom I have no relationship with, and, and he could be an offender too, I, I, I don't know. He acts like one also. At any rate, uh, we never had a door on our bedroom. All through adolescence, I never had a door in my bedroom. If you're a teenager, that would be, that's absurd, isn't it? What kind of family lives in a place where they don't have privacy? Well, that was me. I didn't have any privacy, but that was normal. I, I didn't realize that doors on adolescent rooms were important. Yeah, this secret was deeply buried with me, deeply, deeply buried, and I, I played the role out perfectly. I was, I was Wally and the athletic as student, and I was Beaver and the goofy, clumsy, breaking my arm all the time kind of, kind of way. So, and I fit the role of the family perfect. I was the hero child. My young, my brother, the offender, he was, he was a difficult toddler from what I understand this guy drove my parents freaking nuts so when I came along I sensed the atmosphere and there was an opening for a hero in the family so I took it and uh, everything kind of came my way for which my my older brother hated me for having it so good in the family so I understand that now, I understand perfectly why he would hate me. I don't hate him, I'm just tremendously sad that, that there are maybe dozens if not hundreds of people who have been damaged by, by his illness. So that's, that's how I got to where I, I became a social worker. There's another story about Idaho, I gotta tell you later, it's too much for right now. So PTSD, I are us. <laughs> I heart it are us, you know. So those of you who have it, hang in there. Those of us who are living with it, uh, open your ears, hang in there. Uh, and those of us who have nothing, no idea what that's all about, listen along, you'll, you'll find out. Where do I want out of my mind in Costa Rica to, to go to? Where do I, what's the end result of this? I, I, just, I just want it to be helpful. Right now, I just want to get it going. I want to get some wind under my, my wings and, and uh, fill my sail and, and take off into this world of uh, whatever this is that I'm doing. 
I, most of all, I want, I want to be compassionate and helpful. I can't do one without being the other. So my, my endeavor and everything that I put here is uh, for the benefit, for the benefit of you. I know it's going to help me. Just simply talking about things helps me. So hopefully what I am saying helps you. And I just want that for it. And uh, I want people to heal. Most of all, I want us to heal and take care of each other. Be kind to one another. Recognize our, our strengths and try to do something about our, our weaknesses, our faults. Well, this story is about that, exactly, a life-life, a lifelong struggle of, of living with complex post-traumatic stress disorder, most of the time not having a clue about it. But uh, I had the advantage of looking back and looking at things in a different way. At some basis, I, I can look at it in a clinical way, too, and which hopefully my, my insights about what I've experienced will be helpful to you. Uh, you know, that's it. I'm 70 years old, for crying out loud. I, I, what do I need? I need a safe place. I need a, some friends. And I need uh, something important to feel good about. And, and I hope that this represents that important thing. <laughs> Who'd have thunk? My life ending up being the most important thing about my life. What do I want uh, out of my mind in Costa Rica to do for you? <laughs> I wanted to cure you. That's what I want. I want you to, to hear this and, and relate to it and connect with it. Uh, maybe even take my the advice I, I took for myself. I'll tell you what I didn't take and I know is helpful, but that doesn't mean it doesn't it won't help. So I just won't be sharing the stuff that I did that, that works for me. There's lots of good stuff out there, as you'll, you'll see if you look at the, the, the wonderful websites out there designed to give you clinical information. This, is, this will be, you know, a, a combination of mostly personal, but with a, a little clinical insight into what actually it is, CPTSD, and, and this takes over a life. I want my words, I want my, my thoughts move you in a way that gets you off the sofa, moves you in a way that makes you look at yourself differently, makes you look at the world differently, changes a negative outlook to a more positive outlook. Something that opens the door to hope. Because that's where tomorrow is. It's in the hope of today. And with that, you can go, you can make it, you can survive, you might even thrive. Share your gift. This is what CPTSD does. It, it rips away from us our ability to share our gift and replaces it with anxiety and depression and drama. Lots of drama. So... This uh, audio blog, I guess you might call it, uh, this audio blog is uh, 
will have a lot of dramatic stories that contributed and contributed to where I am today. It's uh, it's not all bad stuff, but you know, I wouldn't be sitting on a hillside in a little house in Costa Rica if it was all bad stuff. I'm sitting pretty good, if you ask me. So, uh, do no harm to yourself or others, and take care of yourself and others.